Good morning, church family. It is so good to see you. How are we doing today? Great. Wonderful. Well, I am excited and honored to have the opportunity to share from the Word this morning and continue in our series about Pray About It. And I feel like I need to start with a confession, and that is that I wish I was a better prayer. Does anyone agree? Yes. Listen, I have read many books about prayer. I have tried to pray at different times during the day, and I still am growing in my prayer life. So I was a little bit intimidated uh, to preach on the topic of prayer, but I feel like the Lord is kind to me in that he allows me to preach on things that I need to learn more about, which is everything, right? And so prayer is just one of those things, and I am excited for us this morning to go in the word together as we talk about prayer. And we're going to be journeying with Jesus, looking at the prayers that he prayed leading up to the cross and on the cross. And so this morning, if you are able, would you stand with me as we read the word together? And we're going to be reading in Luke 22, 39 through 45, as we begin our message on the hardest prayers. And so let's look at that verse together. Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives. Then there he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted with grief. Let's pray together this morning. Jesus, we love you, and God, it is such an honor to be together this morning to worship you and to read your word. And so, Lord, as we spend this small amount of time this morning uh, doing this together, God, I pray that you would speak clearly to us. Lord, for those of us that have many other things going on in our mind, Lord, I pray that you would bring peace to our minds, to our thoughts. Lord, give us the ability to focus on you and hear clearly from you this morning. Lord, we love you, and we pray this in in your name. Amen. Awesome. You may be seated. So this morning, we are going to journey through some of what I believe are the hardest prayers to pray. And so our first prayer that we're going to look at is what Jesus said when he said, Father, not my will, but yours. Not my will, but yours. And so we see here Jesus is praying in the garden. He knows he is going to the cross. And this is really interesting to me where Jesus prays. He verbalizes his desire by saying, God, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Right? Jesus modeled to us humility and honesty in prayer right? He showed his desire, but yet he remained humbly obedient by following his desire with, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Man, right there, right? What a statement to make. 
And something that I've realized over life um, as I've grown in my relationship with God is that it is very difficult to actively choose God's will over ours if we don't know God, if we don't love God, and we don't trust God. It's really hard to even know God's will if we don't know him, right? And thanks be to God that he is so kind to reveal himself to us through his scripture, through the word, through himself, his spirit, that he makes himself available to be known. So thanks be to God for that. But I realize that it's really hard to love someone that you don't know, right? Think about that. You know, you know what? I love my spouse, my hater, more than anything in the world. And I think that there are times that I know him better than he knows himself. And if you're married, right, you might agree with that, right? I love him because I know him, right? And I trust him because I love him. And so this morning, just as an encouragement to us all, we have a God who wants to be known. He wants us to be in relationship with him. And through that relationship, we grow to love him, we grow to know him, and we grow to trust him. I know that um, you probably know this verse, right? Romans 8, 28, where it says that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. And that alone shows us that we can trust God's will. And so if you think about as Jesus is going to the cross, right, he's in the garden to everyone else around him, what looked like Jesus's demise was actually God's plan for the redemption of mankind. How hard that would have been to see in that moment, though, right? We have the privilege of reading scripture thousands of years removed where we get to read the next chapter immediately, right? And even then, there's cliffhangers, right? Can you imagine living it, being in the story, and trying to get your perspective to be in alignment with what was really going on? And so, church, this morning, may we not be limited in our perspectives on this side of heaven, right? In, in our small fraction of eternity, God reminds us in his words that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And it takes honesty and humility to look and to be able to acknowledge that we don't see the whole picture. As much as we think we'd like to, right? If you're like me, you think you know more than you do, right? Or you're like, I know what's going on here. But the reality is we don't. But we have and we serve a God who does, right? I love that the Bible says that God is the God that has known the end since the beginning. And that gives me so much comfort. And so this morning, I have the question really to all of us, myself included, of what would it look like to pray our request to God, like Jesus, where we put, but only if it's your will? How would our prayer lives change instead of just saying, God, this is what I want, period? But what if we switched out that period with a comma that said, but only if it is your will? And I wrestled with this because I had to ask myself, do I want God's will regardless of what it requires of me? How committed am I to the will of God, right? Because for Jesus, God's will meant death, death on the cross, 
right? So what does God's will require of me? Are there things that I have to die to, right? Do I have to die to some dreams I had for myself, right? Do I have to die to some plans I had for my future, right? Do I have to die to some goals and possessions that I hold dear to me? And am I willing to even give of my life if it's what God asks of me? It's a heavy question for this early in the morning. Anyone else wish they had their second cup of coffee? (laughs) I need it, right? It's a lot to ponder this early, but it's good for us to wrestle with this question. And the answer, as much as we'd like for it to be a simple yes, I know for me it takes some wrestling in my heart. And so... We are able, the good news in all of this, right, is that we are able to trust God's will to be good and pleasing and perfect. Always. Always. So let's continue on to our second passage of scripture this morning. So we're still in the book of Luke, and we are now heading to Jesus's crucifixion. And so we're going to be reading together in Luke chapter 23, Verses 32 through 34. And it says this. Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. This is Jesus. When they came to the place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Wow. Right? Just if we can imagine the situation, right? Here is Jesus on the cross, hanging on the cross. And his prayer to the Father is what? Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. The reality is the pain that Jesus faced on the cross is far greater than any pain we will ever face in this life, right? The entirety of it all, right? We will never experience that. However, we have a sympathetic Savior that comforts us in every weakness and in every brokenness that we face, Right? If we experience a trial, a temptation, a pain in this life, we can be confident that Jesus himself sympathizes with us in our weakness. We, that, is, that is comforting to me. And Jesus knows the sting of betrayal, especially from those who should have known better. Right? Doesn't it hurt more when you are hurt by people who should have known better? Right? There's an expectation there um, that I think when that expectation is, is not met is really, really painful. It's hard because I'm young in ministry, but I have friends that I have served al- alongside in ministry who have left ministry because they were hurt by people that they ministered with, not people that they ministered to. Right? You don't see it coming. And I hate how this is a story I keep hearing. But the reality is, is that Jesus understands that more than anybody else, right? Jesus had Judas. Jesus ministered with Judas. And yet it was Judas who betrayed him, right? 
someone who should have known better. Jesus also had those who mocked him, who beat him, who hung him on the cross, who should have known better. And for us, we have those people in our life too, right? We have our family, we have our friends, we have the sting of broken relationships, even by those that we used to sit next to in church. Am I right? Unfortunately, right? Those we used to minister with. We have the pain of our coworkers, and yet others that we have felt that they should have known better. Why did they hurt us like that? And I don't know about you, but I've been taught this lesson in life that we should always assume the best about people, right? And, you know, I am always sad when I come to complain about my problems to someone. And instead of coddling me emotionally like I want and telling me, you're right, girl, you have every right to be mad, go get yourself a medium blizzard, you know, like that's what I want to hear, right? That's what I want to hear. And I hate when, I don't hate it because I love it, but I also hate it, let's be honest, when I come barreling in with my problems and the response is, well, are you assuming the best about them? No, I'm picking up a southern accent from you, Pastor Phil. Like, I'm telling you, when you get like, like the southern, I'm getting it, you know? I'm preaching with a southern accent. <laughs> but no, of course I haven't, right? Of course I'm not thinking that people have their own problems, their own hurts, that hurt people hurt people. Of course I'm not thinking about that, right? I'm just thinking about me. I'm not thinking about their motives. I'm just going to take it personally. But here's something as I was reading this scripture to prepare for this message that I thought about for the first time. And maybe it'll be your first time thinking about this too. But did you ever think that Jesus did know all those things about the people that betrayed him? And yet he still prayed, Father, forgive them. He didn't need to assume the best about them because he knew the motives, he knew the intentions of their heart. And yet, he still chose to pray, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. If Jesus can pray that, hanging on the cross, suffering the sting of betrayal, along with all of the physical pain that he endured, can we together pray that for those who have wounded us, even if they should have known better, even if they don't have any reason why they should have treated us that way, even after we've given them the benefit of the doubt and the doubt got the benefit, you know, like even then, right? Can we model after Jesus and say, Father, forgive them? And I'm going to be honest with you, just like I struggle in my prayer life, I struggle with forgiveness. This is like a confession morning, you know, <laughs> all my sins laid bare. Well, there's a lot, so we'd be here a long time. But forgiveness is another thing that I struggle with. And um, I like to chalk it up to having a strong sense of justice. Uh, and that's like the very Christianese thing to say when you're mad a lot and you like to see people get punishment you think they deserve, you know. Uh, the way I unwind is watching On Patrol Live because I love the sense of justice that comes by people getting speeding tickets. Like, I love it. I live for it, you know. Sometimes I wish God called me into law enforcement because I would be so good. I would be so good. Honestly, I know the law, okay, like, just from watching these shows, okay. Like, 
this is really bad. I love calling the police when I see issues, and um, <laughs> I think if there's a record for, like, a citizen, like, a citizen calling the police, it's me, and I'm not, like, a Karen. I don't call the police on other things, just things that I see that I think need fixed, you know? <laughs> I'm, like, there's a wire down on, like, you know, like, even, it's sad because people, like, I'll call, and they'll be, like, you're the fifth person to call, and I'm, like, you're welcome, you know? Like, I'm doing my, I'm doing my job. I'm a little off track, but this is what you should know about me, okay? I love justice. I love justice. Not when it rains down on me, you know? <laughs> like, but when it rains on other people, you know, I have plenty, my car insurance, Janice can tell you, is high enough because of <laughs> when I thought I could get away with things that I, I couldn't, you know, got quite, I'm confessing all my sins, speeding tickets, got them, accidents, definitely got them, driving on expired tags, got them. I actually just found out that my license was expired by like four months. I didn't know. And I was going to take Abby to her driving test. And I realized that I was driving on a, on a expired license. So anyway, sorry, Janice, don't listen to that. Okay, thank you. Um, where was I going with this? I love justice. Okay, sorry. Woo. Woo. But um, I have a hard time extending mercy, if you can't tell, right? I'm like, write him the ticket, you know, like, don't let him off, repeat offender, you know. Anyway, it's clear that I, I don't do mercy well, right? Even when I can acknowledge that me, myself, I need a lot of mercy from other people, and I need a lot of mercy from God. And um, someone that mentored me uh, encouraged me to pray for my enemies, yeah, she didn't ex- explain what to pray for them, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, God, they are a person. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you for them, right? Like, actually, I didn't even say thank you. I'm like, do your will in their life. And if your will is, like, getting them right, do it, Lord, you know. And so, um, but she encouraged me, you know, she was like, you know, you really need to pray for the people that hurt you. And I realized that I was like, okay, I'll do it because she said so. And I was like, God, make someone find them out, right? Like I was praying heaven down, okay? <laughs> like I was like, God, open the eyes of people by them so that they can see the snake that they really are. You know, like I was praying. I was passionately praying. And unfortunately, but fortunately, I felt the Lord speak to my heart, and he said, would you pray for their repentance instead of their vengeance? Would you pray for their repentance instead of their vengeance? I knew the right answer was yes, (laughs) but what I wanted to say was Oh, right. But church, as we walk through life wounded, because the wounds will come, right? Could we model Jesus by saying, Father, forgive them? And could instead of praying for them to get what we think is coming to them, what they deserve on this side of heaven, right? Would we pray for them to have a right revelation of God? Would we pray that they would repent of their sins, even if we don't get to bear the fruit of their repentance? even if they only repent to God and not to us, would we pray that they would be right with God and in turn be blessed by relationship with him? That that point was for me, if no one else. The Lord's like, 
Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's look together at one more passage of scripture. We're going to be looking in Luke uh, 23, 44 through 46. And so it says this, by this time, it was about noon. Here's Jesus again on the cross. And darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. And so if the hardest prayers that I think are in scripture, this is our last one today. Father, I entrust my spirit. Father, I entrust my spirit. I think what's really important to look at is that here's Jesus, right, in agony on the cross praying this prayer. And what I realized is that on the cross, Jesus confirmed that his confidence in the Father's care was not circumstantial, right? Hanging on the cross, he said, in essence, Father, I trust you to take care of me. Even when being on the cross didn't look to the naked eye like he was being taken care of. He said, Father, I trust you. And the reality is only an authentic relationship with God can produce the faith to believe the Father's heart when everything surrounding us screams that we have been abandoned. Right? If you have walked with God for some time, I'm sure that you have had seasons in your life where maybe you thought, God, where were you? Were you there? Did you care? Did you hear when I prayed? Right? And yet here Jesus is saying, Father, I entrust my spirit. And so regardless of how bleak and honestly how good our circumstances look, the one truth remains is that our spirits are only secure when they are surrendered to the Father. Life can be really good sometimes, but let that not create a false security that we don't need to be just as tightly placed in the Father's hands as we do on our darkest days. And I want to leave us kind of with a thought this morning. And Jonathan, if you want to come on up, thank you. Um, I love that um, when Jesus says, Father, I surrender, I, I entrust myself to you, it was not a partial statement, right? And so as we pray this to our Heavenly Father, Father, I entrust my spirit to you, I want you to think about how you feel when you say or think that statement, right? Is it this free giving right? This, this please, please take care of me, right? I trust you wholly. I entrust myself wholly and completely to you. Or is it like a gift that you don't really want to give, right? Where you're hoping that the recipient won't take it and say, oh, that's okay. You hold on to it, right? Is it a, a partial trust, right? A partial giving of our spirits, of ourselves, to the Lord. And if we remember back, right, it, it's what we first talked about is that God is a trustworthy God, right? God is trustworthy with our, his will, 
it is better than our will. So would we be trusting in our giving of ourselves to know that God will take care of us, that his will is good for our lives, even when our circumstances don't seem to be in alignment, we can choose to trust that God is on the throne, that God is for us, that God is with us. And so this morning, we the last thing we're gonna do together is we're gonna look at Psalm 31, one through five. This is a Psalm of David and it says this, O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me. Rescue me quickly. Be the rock of be my rock of protection, a fortress where I will be safe. You are my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this danger. Pull me from the trap of my enemies set for me, for I find protection in you alone. Verse 5 says, I entrust my spirit into your hand. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. So what we're going to do is pray. Right, And so I'm going to leave this psalm on the screen. And this morning, I encourage you to stay just a moment before the busyness of life returns and to reflect on this with the Lord. Right, Pray some hard prayers this morning. And I'm going to pray, and after I do so, Jonathan is going to continue to play. The psalm will remain on the screen, and I encourage you to stay here and sit a moment. But if you feel that the Lord has released you or you need to go, no problem. We encourage you to head on out into the lobby and have good fellowship and conversation out there. But you are welcome to sit here as long as you'd like this morning and pray and commune with your Heavenly Father. So let's pray together. God, you are so good. And Lord, we acknowledge that even as the trials of life come and go. God, we acknowledge your goodness in the face of circumstances that tempt us to believe otherwise. God, we acknowledge your goodness in the face of diagnoses and and hardships that are here, Lord, that we are fighting day by day. And Lord, I pray that by your spirit, God, you would strengthen each of us to pray these hard prayers. God, would you give us the ability to trust you for the hard things? Lord, would we trust that your will is better than our will? God, that your your plans are good. God, they are pleasing. They are perfect. And God, would you grow us in our understanding of who you are? God, would you grow us in our love of you? Would you grow us in our trust of you? So that, Lord, even when we have plans that we think are good, God, that we would still choose your will, Lord Jesus, knowing that it is better than anything we could come up with. And God, anything that you ask of us, anything you ask of us to die to, to lay down, will be worth it. God, I pray that you would give us the ability this morning to forgive those who have wounded us. Lord, not in just a, a, um, a 
small way, Lord, or superficial way, but God, that you would do a deep work in our hearts and our souls, Lord, that we may be able to authentically pray, Father, forgive them, just like Jesus did. And Lord, I pray that you would give us the ability this morning to fully entrust ourselves to you, Lord. God, that we would see you for the trustworthy king that you are. And God, that we would entrust ourselves wholly to you. God, that we would be dependent on you and you alone. Lord, we love you. God, I pray that as we end our service this morning, God, that you would speak clearly to our minds and to our hearts, God. That you would give us the strength to pray the hard things. And Lord, we will trust you, God, regardless of what our circumstances say both today and for forever.